Well, as we told you yesterday, the Cleveland Browns and John Johnson III on Tuesday agreed to part ways. Uh, it'll still be about two weeks or so. Browns may be hoping to recoup a draft pick. Not sure that's going to happen. We're going to get to all the news on that. Who could possibly replace John Johnson III? And with it being Combine Week, can't have that episode without Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith. We'll get some targets. Pete Smith's got his eyes on this week. From Indy, your latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LLB, the Locked On Browns podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, we talked a little bit yesterday. Um, you know, all, you start to get the info. You know, nothing truly begins the NFL offseason like NFL Combine Week. And we have gotten off to a big start here as far as news involving your Cleveland Browns. This is your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Garrett Bush, a little bit under the weather, but let's be honest. Uh, you know, Locked on Browns basically existed and started back in the day with a lot of promise, which came through. and came through combine talk, a lot of episodes, a lot of prospects to discuss. And Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith was along for a lot of those rides, so it wouldn't feel right to do some draft episodes without Pete. Um, Pete, you know, the news comes in today, you know, Mike Garofalo, I don't think anybody is even remotely surprised here. Um, and you know, I, I see a lot of people out there, you know, Hey, you know, uh, good for Andrew Barry to, you know, realize, you know, maybe that it wasn't working this, that, and the other thing, but these things happen. I mean, you make moves in the NFL and, you know, you do share some blame if a new, if a move does not work out. I mean, you can't get all the kudos for moving on from something that didn't work out. I mean, you are essentially the person that brought things in here. No GM is going to bat, you know, 1,000. We all understand that. Um, and in John Johnson's case, you know, this was a player that was brought in. And, you know, his strengths with the Los Angeles Rams were the fact that he was a diverse player. You know, the Browns tried at times to do things with John Johnson that basically didn't best suit his abilities and didn't obviously always work out. There were certainly some highs for John Johnson. The third, there were some, you know, games where John Johnson, the third was, you know, a huge, huge impact player. Um, but you get into these scenarios where essentially, you know, the dollar signs don't necessarily equal the payout you get on the field. And I feel that was kind of the thing here with John Johnson, the third, um, it's, it, there's a bunch of safeties out there and we'll get to that in segment two here with Pete Smith. Uh, but Pete with this, um, the end of a, a two year run. And, you know, as I said, John Johnson, the third, there were some highs, but you know, sadly there were more lows than there were highs. Um, John Johnson, the third, probably looking forward to the next part of his chapter and the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns going to find, you know, a new safety to run with Grand Zelpit here in Jim Schwartz's defense. Well, when they when they signed John Johnson the third, you know the expectation was the Browns were going to have really good safety play between him and Grant Elpit, and that didn't happen. Uh, you know they had their share of good games, and I think Grant Elpit has 
rallied two years in a row to have productive seasons, but you, you come out of this past season and, and you can blame whatever you want on, on the coaching staff and the Browns have obviously made changes there. But the fact of the matter is there were too many situations where the Browns just players did stupid stuff. And John Johnson was, <laughs> you know, consistently in the middle of them. I mean, you know, getting that one personal foul where you know, even Kevin Stefanski sitting there just like arms in the air, not sure what's going on. So, uh, you, you know, and John Johnson desperately wanted to be the leader of that group and, and would constantly do things where he, he'd have the right message, but he had sort of undermined his credibility so much that it, it sort of fell on deaf ears. So it's disappointing to be sure. Um, but it also doesn't stop them from getting where they want to go. They've got a, a defensive coordinator who's wants to be able to seemingly based on his history and Jim Schwartz, who wants to play more single high, you know, John Johnson is a split high guy if he's anything. Um, so I, I think the only thing that is a little bit surprising maybe is the timing that they basically just said, now nah, we're not even going to pretend that this is a possibility, <laughs> uh, which, you know, they, they must have re reason to feel confident that they have the ability to go out and get his replacement uh, which is good, certainly, uh, but you you now you're sitting there and pressure on this team for any number of reasons, but certainly the secondary. You've got three really talented corners. You've got Grant Delpit, who finished really strong last year, and you need that free safety to put this whole thing together. And they cannot come out and play inconsistently next year and run into all the same problems they have. It's gotta it's gotta go. It's gotta it's gotta make it happen this year, and it's gotta happen quickly. Um, you know, look, I mean, you got to rip the bandaid off, you know, it, it's over, you know, that thing did not work out, um, you know, sadly for the Browns and look, you know, you're a fool if you didn't know this was coming, um, sadly, you know, on a defense that, you know, has holes, has legitimate holes here is now, you know, the truth, the validity that, you know, there is yet another hole with this defense that is now confirmed. Now you're starting to get into the can kicking part of the offseason for the Cleveland Browns where the money will be created. Obviously, moving on from John Johnson the third certainly creates uh you know more money, but obviously, you know, that money you're looking to attribute uh you know somewhere, whether it's gonna be a safety position, certainly other spots on the defensive side of the ball. And we'll see how this plays out, you know, in the days, weeks to come when it all kicks off Monday, March 13th, uh, when we get into you know the tampering period. Um one other thing to come out and I you know Again, I I hate to you know come on here and you know, jump into topics that probably seem, you know, that it's not essentially news. Um, but we'll get to this one just real quick. Uh, obviously, August third, uh, Cleveland Browns, New York Jets, Canton, Ohio, first preseason of the game, uh, first preseason game of the year. Browns will get an extra preseason game this year. Browns, Jets, Terrell Revis going in. Obviously, our Joe Thomas going in. Joe Klecko going in as well. Um, I don't know how much there is news to it, Pete, but, you know, for the Cleveland Browns fans who were looking to make Canton, you know, a party destination for a few days in early August this year, um, you know, basically the, you know, the appeal of, you know, maybe a 48, 72 hour weekend around that area in Ohio is certainly now ready there to be had. Yeah, it's a it's a big deal, no question. And look, your heroes are going in from your 30s. Joe Klecko, the sack exchange. Let's go. <laughs> um, you know, and look, it's a big deal. The Browns have not had a Hall of Famer since Oz Ozzie Newsome. You know, that is that is 30 years at this point. 
Um, and they have some other guys who will go in, but it's been a while, and Joe Thomas is certainly deserving. So there will be a big, big celebration. I'm sure Joel Petonio is a little bit pissed that he has to uh, endure another week of practice uh, just to uh, watch Joe Thomas go into the Hall of Fame. But um, <laughs> it's 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 great, and like for a team that hasn't gotten to celebrate a whole lot, you know, other than things like getting to host the draft. Um, this is something that like has been a long time coming and Joe Thomas has been everything that this team, this fan base wants to celebrate. So they're going to make the most of it. Uh, look, it's, it should be, you know, an absolute blast of a weekend. And, you know, and I think the thing that most Browns fans love and are going to find so appealing about this is, you know, Browns fans have heard every joke. They've taken every jab. They've taken every punch about, you know, being Browns fans. Um, but when you talk about a guy like Joe Thomas, he wore that logo on his chest like it was the most, you know, it was the top shelf of sports franchises in all sports. And, you know, Browns fans, look, it's a passion. It's a sickness. Um, and, you know, like Pete said, you don't get a lot of these opportunities um, but a chance to live it up here early August uh, as we kick off Thursday night, Browns, Jets, Saturday on the weekend, get to see an enshrinement of one Joe Thomas with a hole created on the defense. A little bit of the free agent market here. Um, Going to revive some draft crushes here for Pete Smith and I as there are some names available in free agency as we try to get an idea here on what the Browns be-all, end-all is going to be as far as bringing somebody in as far as Grant Delpit's new running mate with the new defense that will be anchored by new defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz. We are going to get to that all in here in a minute. Your latest Locked On Browns, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith along for the ride. Thank you all so much for being along with us. The NBA season has reached its midway point. But here is the good news for all of you. New customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app right now. And if you lose your first bet, you get a no-sweat first bet return of $1,000 in free bets. Can't ask for more here. Uh, you can do anything. You know, threes made, overs, unders, uh, points scored by certain players. There's just so many avenues you can go to with uh, FanDuel. The other thing you need to check into, look, you're going to sit down. You're going to devote two and a half hours to any single game. Well, why not go with the same game parlay? Pick five, six bets Put a low amount with a chance at a high return. Just, you know, look, man, you got some skin in the game. You're going to watch the game anyway. You might as well get a chance to make a little money out of it. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Jeff Lloyd joined by Pete Smith. Again, we appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen every single day, whether it's on your favorite podcast app, available always and available always free here on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Notifications on so when the content drops, you are ready to digest it. And if you got Roku, go ahead and search Lockdown Cleveland Sports. You will find the Lockdown Browns podcast. You will find the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. You'll get your Guardians and Cavaliers coverage as well. Uh, with... 
the moving on from John Johnson and you guys heard me talk, you know, in, in the past couple of weeks, past month, even more than that, uh, about the possibility of Jesse Bates joining the Cleveland Browns. It's an interesting scenario to play. Uh, obviously, Deshaun Watson's agent, David Mulligetta, he is also the agent for a guy like Jesse Bates. You wonder if, you know, that agency, that player brings players into the building. But Pete, there are some targets here. And for you and I, there are some targets here that we certainly opined heavily on this podcast for in the past. Right. Um, well, first, I, I would suspect at the very least, David Mulligetta means you get a meeting with Jesse Bates. Now, I may not go anywhere, but <laughs> you're going to get a, you're probably going to get a meeting. Um, but beyond that, you know, I, I, I was a huge proponent of Juan Thornhill coming out of Virginia uh, in the year 2018 uh, when the Browns uh, took Greedy Williams. <sighs> anyway, um, he's been not great, but he's been solid and he plays in a way that just makes a lot of sense for your free safety. I think even in the playoffs, like there were, there were some criticisms that he didn't make, like intercept passes but he was consistently in position and able to knock the ball away. He's able to run with guys. He knows where he's supposed to be. Uh, he's been healthy. Uh, and the big advantage with Thornhill is he's 27. So if you sign him and you sign him for a couple years, you get maybe some sustainability for a while. If, if, that, if, if you have that group, if let's say you sign him for two or three years, that you, you've still got Greg Newsom, you've still got – Martin Emerson on rookie deals. You've got Denzel Ward. You've got Grant Delpit. Um, that is appealing from that standpoint that you could potentially have that group together for a few years. Uh, the, the, but the guy, but my worry with Juan Thornhill is that everybody seems to think their team should get Juan Thornhill. And it worries me a little that he's going to get more money than, than people anticipate because he does seem to be in that sort of that sweet spot of being that next guy um, don't get me wrong. I, I'd love to love to get him, but if they can't, the guy who stands out to me is, uh, Duran, uh, Harmon who has played for, I think 17 teams, um, <laughs> most recently, including Detroit. Most recently he was with the Raiders and that defense was awful, but he was really efficient and really productive for them as a, <laughs> as a true free safety. He's like 30, maybe going to be 31. Um, you know, PFF projects him to like get like a million dollars in change for a contract. And if the Browns feel good about potentially drafting somebody that can sort of be an understudy or even delaying the need to get a, a, a longer term answer there and just find a veteran presence. Who's a professional who's going to give you exactly what you need back there knows exactly what his job is and, and, you know, can communicate and all those other things. He may be an easy way to sort of, get that position taken care of and allow the Browns a lot more financial flexibility to address other spots on the defense and notably that defensive line. Uh, it, you know, everybody, we understand the difficulties with the defensive line, the holes that are there, they are deep. Uh, they are long. Um, look, there's players you think that are going to step up, um, but you certainly have to you know, worry about the back end of the defense as well. Um, you know, Jim Schwartz calling cards always kind of been the front end, um, but you, there's no way you're just going to roll out there uh, with Grant Helpit and what you have on the roster right now, which is not much in any way whatsoever. Um, Juan Thornhill, 
and here's kind of the appeal of it. You know, uh, you know, certainly two-time Super Bowl champion. He's played everybody. He's played in all the big games. No moment should be too big. Uh, you know, through his career in Kansas City, you know, the amount of big games that they played in. Um, and as far as, you know, looking for what you truly need, of course, you know, that's going to be a differing of opinion from what we were used to and what Joe Woods was kind of looking for, as opposed to maybe necessarily what it, Jim Schwartz truly feels as his fit. Um, you know, look, there's nothing available from the Eagles and even the Eagles safeties. They're not really the same guys that were there when Jim Schwartz was there, certainly. Um, but, you know, there will be names available. I mean, you know, you have a Cha Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, you have a Jesse Bates, you have a Juan Thornhill, you have a Taylor Rapp, you have a Deron Harmon. Um, and this could be one, I think, Pete, where maybe the guy who comes in, I think we could get into one of those situations where the Browns fans are not going to, you know, be wowed because it might not be the splash. It might not be the flashy name. But this also might be some things you need to get used to here. You know, Jim Schwartz is kind of looking to have, you know, guys that can do roles everywhere as opposed to maybe just running out and dropping $20 million on any one individual player. Yeah, look, I mean, the bottom line is the Browns, you know, the, the way I've been sort of describing it is they need more Jacoby Brissett's and less Jadevian Clownies. Uh, Jadevian Clowney obviously had a ton of talent um, and cost – you know, a decent chunk of change, but the best thing the Browns can do for themselves is find those guys that are like Jacoby Brissett or uh, Ethan Postich this past year, where you're finding guys that fit what you want to do, uh, understand what the, what the situation is and what the opportunity is and are really beneficial to your overall locker room. And as a result, they end up providing you way more value than, you know, Jacoby Brissett made $4 million this past year, a little bit more than that. Uh, Ethan Posick made the league minimum. Um, and if you can just cobble together enough of those guys that are just professional players that are going to do their job, they have a good opportunity to sort of outperform what you think they're going to do. And you end up getting some uh, extra production and some of those other things uh, as opposed to banking it all on one guy. And if they go down or they throw a intergalactic hissy fit, um, then your team is, <laughs> you know, significantly hurt as a result. And granted you want dudes, but the Browns have done a lot of that. They've got miles Garrett. They've got, you know, 35 players on offense who they believe are, are really good and are paying them to be really good. So, as much as you'd love to do that, I mean, you know, Deron Payne seems to be completely off the table, for example, and 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 we can dream of trading for DeForest Buckner. But if those things are unrealistic, let's look around and try to get as many quality football players that just add up to a, a better team as opposed to trying to get guys that are going to sort of that we expect to come in and save this team because it's it 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 has been not an effective way for this team to work out. And and we've been burned any number of times going that, that direction. Yeah. And you know, if you have any takeaway from the Super Bowl, it, it's having length within your defensive line, you know, the ability to get people the, the proper rest or to say, Hey, you know, maybe this guy is just not feeling this guy as far as a matchup, but you want to know what the other guy is. Uh, it gives the opportunity to switch things up, move things around, you know, having, it's one thing to say you have nine defensive linemen on the roster, it's a whole different 
you know, thing to say. I have faith in nine defensive linemen on my roster as far as using them, as far as getting them playing time. Uh, you know, we saw it with the Chiefs. You certainly saw it with the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl, having that length having that ability to, you know, go deep into the rotation. And this way, you know, you're constantly bringing fresh guys with every rep. And I think that is better avenue as opposed to, and we saw last year, you know, Jadavian Clowney at $8.5 million was a lot more of a appealing player than Jadavian Clowney was at $14 million. Um, so this is one here where, you know, if you have X amount, you know, we said, we you know mentioned maybe what, $25, $30 million to apply towards your defense. You know, drop a 20 on one guy might not be the best route as far as maybe dropping, you know, 25 on four to five guys, you know, going that route and, you know, understanding the fact that in a 17 game season, you know, guys are going to miss time. Guys are not going to be available each week, but giving yourself the opportunity to put out you know a strong group week in, week out, unlike the road game last year versus the Atlanta Falcons. It is combine week workouts start. Thursday, Browns obviously not completely fixated on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, defensive side of the ball, but, you know, a lot of work to be done on the defensive side of the ball. We'll see the way free agency, you know, tilts that. But i uh, going to ask Pete here for some of his favorite targets here, whether it's on the interior, whether it's on the edge, safety position. We're going to continue here. Your latest Locked On Browns. And as always, appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen. Look, you guys know the drill. Your favorite podcast app, Locked On Browns, always available for you there. Always free. YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you got your notifications on. I told you this is going to be a busy week, one of the busiest weeks of the entire offseason. Ton of content coming through this week. You know, three, four shows deep already this week. We haven't even gotten to workouts. Um, obviously, ready to go to drop a ton of content for you all to digest. Pete, uh, Thursday, workouts begin, defensive tackles, the edge group as well. Uh, starting on the interior, Pete, and, and look, you're going to try to go here for a combination. I think you're going to have Jordan Elliott and Tommy Togiai battle it out. I think Perrion Winfrey, he, he might probably a sneaky lock at this point at only year one, but you're certainly looking to add some veteran presence here, but you're certainly looking to add to the draft here, Pete, who's somebody that maybe stands out early on the interior that you think could fit and, you know, the Browns need to understand that, you know, maybe the way they viewed this through three years hasn't worked. So maybe it's time to maybe switch up and, you know, kind of view some of these guys a little bit differently and we'll see the way it all works out with workouts starting on Thursday. Well, I mean, first I hope for, for his sake, Perrion Winfrey realizes the opportunity he has with Jim Schwartz, because this is sort of his dream hire um, for what he wants to do. But, um, well, here's the thing. I I don't know that the the, the guys I, I like are I necessarily want, you know, a lot of people are looking at this as 42nd pick. So I like Keanu Benton quite a bit, but I don't think he's a second round pick. And if he is, it's a late second round pick. And like and he athletically and build wise, and we'll see how he tests is very similar to B.J. Hill, uh, who was drafted by the New York Giants and then sort of ended up on the Bengals. And mm -hmm. then there was a point in time where we sort of flirted with the idea that maybe the Browns should sign him and then the Bengals immediately scooped him up and, and he's been productive for them. He's a combo player. He can play both three and the one uh, if you want him to. Keanu Benton fits a lot of what you want at that position, even if he's not sort of like a, a domineering interior presence at this point 
he was great at the senior bowl, but you know, I mentioned Perry on Winfrey. Perry yep. on Winfrey. At I know where you're going. Compared to Perry on Winfrey, at the senior bowl is, is not, the, the, one of the all time senior bowl performances I've ever seen. Cedric Ellis dominated the whole thing. I don't remember a single thing he did for the saints. Uh, but he, he absolutely crushed that week. That I don't even know what year that was, but he was unbelievable. Anyway, uh, Benton production, um, athleticism, his ability to run up and down the line. He's got pass rush chops. Uh, he's, his age is right where you want it to be. He's not even 22 yet. Um, so to me, if, if the Browns are going to pick Benton, who I would like, if they want to go with it, I suspect that would be after trading back, which is kind of where I still think the Browns are sort of leaning at this point. Um, but he, you know, I first let's not pretend that any of these guys are coming in to start. That's if they're, if they're working under that thought process, they're already dumb. And I don't think the Browns are, are going to do that. I think they know that they have to address this well before the draft. Um, and that's always how they try to do it anyway. But he then gives you the ability. I think his his perfect scenario is for Benton to be a base three. And then if you want him to pass rush, you you put him at a one um, and just let him be a problem that way. But he's got an interesting amount of t- uh, talent. I think he he's a guy that fits a lot of what the Browns want to do. Bigger than some other guys, which is why he, he could pair potentially well with a guy like Winfrey if he takes advantage of that, or they want to kick it, kick those bigger ends inside, but it gives you, gives you some head. Left, um, that, that also still has some juice. Um, and for the first thing, you know, that with Benton that, you know, stands out to me is, you know, you know, you always, and we have this ability now, obviously with this regime three years now is you, you, be, you know, you have all the information and what have they done to this point? They have drafted a six foot four, 300 pound defensive tackle. They have drafted a six foot two, 300 pound defensive tackle. They have drafted a six foot four, 290 pound defensive tackle. I think, you know, it might be time where they realize, you know what, maybe we're going a little light here. Maybe, you know, we need to get a little bit bigger body in here. And, you know, one of the things, you know, along with Benton's just overall talent, um, you know, and guy moves extremely well for his size. Lateral quickness gets north and south very quickly. An impressive guy, you know, Keanu Benton, you know, certainly, and it'll be early, obviously, in the workouts, you know, because it goes alphabetically. Keanu Benton certainly got to have your eyes on Thursday. Pete, the edge class, the edge class is interesting, but, you know, guys who, and I know Danielle Jeremiah spoke about this the other day, you know, because people obviously, you know, hey, who are some guys, maybe wide nine, da, 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 da. And, you know, Daniel Jeremiah mentioned some names, um, some names at the edge class right off the bat, you know, their age automatically becomes a red flag as far as, you well, know, guys. But, but, go ahead. But then here's the thing. Not only is Will McDonald old, but even Daniel Jeremiah is saying needs to gain weight. Things when's you can't expect happen? from a guy who's almost 24. If he when's hasn't gained it happen? by now, when's he going to gain it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, that's one of those where I'm sitting there going, and everybody's like, oh, he's a top 50 player. He's a top 50 player. Why? Well, the thing is, is, you know, and this is, and for anybody who's maybe newer to this, is this is the reason, you know, you prefer to draft younger players because you can't draft a player at, you know, who will be, say, just 24 at any point during the rookie year and sure. say, yeah, well, ABC, if they can do AB, no, 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 no. It, it's been an issue this yeah. long. This is why. Yes, this is because the 20 and the 22, 20 and 21 year old, you can say 
with time, we feel this can be accomplished, this can be accomplished, and he will reach his max greatness. This is one of the reasons that the age factor, guys, is huge into that. But, Pete, go ahead with the edge. So, the guy I love is B.J. Ojolari, and the Browns loved his brother. I think B.J.'s better. I, I, I turned on his tape, like, you know, in, in January, and I watched him and how efficient he is getting past blockers and, and getting getting the ball into the quarterback, and I thought – why am I even watching this? He's never going to be available where the Browns are picking. And then the further along we go, people are still talking about him available potentially later than the Browns picking. He is – people are going to knock him for being light, and I get it, but he's so fearless with his body. He's not afraid to take on – you know, he's not afraid to, to take on a puller. He's not afraid to dent when you ask him to dent. He's – People say he's not very powerful, but he's not afraid to get in there and he can move guys back. But no, his calling card is he's fast. He's going to get around the corner. He can he plays like an extra linebacker in a lot of ways because he's so uh, effective at, at, at running and and his range and everything. But even though he's you know, he's not big necessarily, he's at least willing to fight and not sort of get, just get bullied off the ball. Um but but if you're if you're Jim Schwartz and you go, I want guys who are gonna get in the backfield just constantly. And you can sort of live with that stuff. And the other part with Ojolari is if you're the Browns and you're saying, Well, we're gonna we're gonna sign another starting end or at least a, a piece in free agency, and you have Alex Wright, and, and I'm not suggesting you're gonna go, Oh, Alex Wright can start or Alex Wright's gonna be phenomenal but you at least have a piece that can come in there and play rundowns. So Ojolari at that point is coming in to do one thing, go get mm-hmm. the quarterback. And I don't know what's going to happen with Lamar, Lamar Jackson. I expect he won't be with the Ravens, but whether he is or he isn't, the Browns play enough athletic quarterbacks. We dealt with this. The Browns got Tack McKinley for a reason. They've always wanted to have a speedy guy. Chase Winovich, you know, was injured so much this season. You barely got anything, but, Ojolari gives you so many of the things that the Browns have said is important to them and has the ability to become a, just a a, absolute sack artist. And the game, I would say, go watch if you're going to watch a game, because you're going to say, Oh, his stat, you'll look at it and you'll say his raw stats. He'll have like five sacks or whatever. And the freshman they have there who looks like a superstar um, had, had way more production based on that. Watch him play Alabama. He terrorizes Bryce young for four quarters, and that's the worst Bryce Young ever looks. And don't get me wrong, it's not just Ojolari. That whole LSU front gives him problems. But Young is terrorized in that game. Ojolari causes a pressure that causes Young to throw an interception in the red zone, and among other plays, and Alabama loses that game. That is what you want from him. So if you're projecting that forward, whether it's Burrow or Lamar Jackson or Kenny Pickett, I guess, um, you <laughs> can immediately see where he, he is so quick and so, you know, problematic that the combination of he and miles Garrett can just be instant problems for any, anyone on, on obvious past situation. He's, he's remarkably talented. He's super young. Like I said, and the Browns were in love with his brother. Uh, he's got the very same build, long arms, undersized, uh, you know, Aziz has had, trouble staying healthy, but when he's been on the field, he's been a, a sack artist um, for them. So, 
if he's around, I would not be surprised whatsoever if the Browns just go, hey, BJ's BJ's good. And also, um, you know, to get into your early point, um, you know, for me, you know, I, I think if you think the Browns are going to pick at 42, um, at this point, you just, you know, cross that up as a bet that's probably, you know, going to not have the Browns selecting at 42. I think, you know, we just kind of read the room and it's just kind of the feel there. Pete, one safety real quick before we put a bow on this one, buddy. Yeah, as much as I don't want to do it, uh, I'll give you your guy. I'll give you your guy. Freak Shoes University safety, Jamie Robinson. Um, I don't like him as a safety. I love him as a slot. Yes. He is it, and you know he he fits all those things that you and I like. He's a prick. Um, he's he's short. He's undersized. He's got short arms, but he's sticky in coverage, and he's feisty, and he hits people. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if he's really got to, you know, he, maybe he's somebody who can eventually help you on the back end, but to me, and even watching the senior bowl stuff where, where you're at a huge disadvantage in that drill as mm-hmm. a safety, I thought he did a good job of just showing his ability to move, uh, make quick cuts, recover all those things and just competes endlessly. And I always will love guys who just nonstop compete. I mean, you know, you and I are still sitting here going, why isn't Jair Alexander on this team who by reputation, and we called this at the time is like allegedly the biggest prick in the NFL. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I, I I love those guys. And if, if, you know, Jamie Robinson, you know, if that becomes sort of like that MJ Stewart role, which, you know, you and I loved, and or, it's, it's still hysterical. Barely played with Houston last year. Yes. Made no stinking money. Like, like it was almost like, oh, like it was almost like they didn't even realize. Oh, wait, MJ was a free agent. Oh, he's gone already. Damn, what happened? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm curious. Well, the, the, he was their best safety. In, he was their best safety in 21. There's no, no way around what, it. One wonders if if suddenly the Browns are just going to be like, screw it, come back to <laughs> MJ Stewart. But anyway, it, it, it gives the Browns options to get another slot guy. It gives the Browns just a. a, a a thicker slot corner that I think just ups the competitiveness. In general, I don't love this safety class. I I think there are a lot of could be's that are, they're interesting, but overall I I don't sit anyone and go, man, there's, there's like, you know, I mentioned Juan Thornton where there's nobody like this in this class, but if I'm going to throw a bone to anyone, I I like the uh, Rashad Torrance from Florida. He's also, you know, he's not a free safety. He's a strong safety. And he's another guy who's just a missile who runs around and hits people. Um, who's very young, has a lot of development, but is just bigger than bigger than than Robin Robinson. But those guys, I, I think you're gonna you you see more slot type players that look more projectable as opposed to guys you're going, yeah, that guy's gonna be our free safety uh in, in 2024, for example. I mean, give me the guy who's going to compete every single down. Give me the guy when something doesn't go right. His head is going to be down because it didn't work out. Not the old, you know, foe, look to the left, look to the right with the, oh, well, hi. give me the guy who's going to be responsible for the fact that maybe he feels he didn't get his job done. And that's what I love with a guy like Jamie Robinson, just an absolute competitor and also has the quick memory to understand, all right, that was that. And, you know, I, I, I'm blocking it out and I'm going to the next play. And the other thing, you know, like you said, sticky, but very competitive 
as you know within the first five yards. You know, he is a guy that's going to get some hands on you and but do it the correct way and do it in a way where it doesn't draw penalties. Because hey, you understand sometimes, you know, obviously the receiver has all the advantages in the world. And one advantage you have as a defensive back is to smack him around a little bit, you know, before they get to that point. And that's one of the reasons I love a player like Jamie Robinson. Pete Smith, Browns Digest. Um, you know, for anybody who's been a long-term listener, obviously, you know, the relationship between Pete and I, it's been great for years and, you know, Pete and I could sit here and talk for an hour and, you know, got many emails back in the day for getting yelled at for running that long. Uh, but the, the content over Brown's digest top shelf, obviously there will be a ton this week from Pete and the staff big week. Again, obviously, you know, basically the kickoff to the off season. So make sure you're checking everything out. Sportsillustrated.com Brown's digest for all your coverage. Make sure you are following at underscore Pete Smith underscore myself, Jeff Lloyd at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show at Lockdown Browns follow back account, as you all know. Show is free, always available on your favorite podcast platform. YouTube, make sure you're subscribed. Notifications on there. Uh, so when the content drops, you guys are ready to digest it. And again, if you have Roku, go ahead, fire it up, and you will find the Lockdown Browns podcast. You will find the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. You will get your Guardians coverage. You will get your Cavaliers coverage as well. All that being said, it was a blast sitting down here with Pete today. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on ELOB. Let's go Browns.